it's time to go under the hood with the Indy Fuel. Here are your hosts, Brent Hollerud and Andrew Smith. And welcome to another trip under the hood with the Indy Fuel. I am the broadcast voice of the Fuel, Andrew Smith. Alongside me, the Fuel's Director of Marketing and Twitter extraordinaire, Brent Hollerud and... This is episode 10. We are down to the final four weeks of the 2018-19 regular season. The Indy Fuel right in the thick of a four-team hunt for the last two playoff spots in the ECHL Central Division. As the Fuel right now, just a couple of points back of Wheeling, four points back of Kalamazoo, and five points back of Fort Wayne in that four-team battle for two spots. And one reason why, the Fuel have been playing some pretty good hockey of late. In their last three, entering this weekend's trip to Reading, the Fuel are 2-0-1, five out of a possible six points, and a big reason why, defense. The Fuel have allowed just two goals in their last three games, and that will propel them into a big road trip that is already one game down, three games to come, and then the Fuel will spend six of their last seven games right here at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum where they are very comfortable and have one of the best home records in the league. Yeah, and uh, like you said, this is, we saw it last year with the, the late season push to the playoffs. This is when you want to be playing your best hockey, and you've been seeing this team uh, over the last couple of weeks really start to kind of pick it together, or put it together um, with a couple of key acquisitions near the trade deadline. Um, you really saw the blue line start to sh- um, shore up, and the field have been one of our playing some very dominant defensive hockey in the last couple weeks uh, with, like you said, um, they've held their opponents to either one or zero goals in four of their last five games. Um, Of course, that's not counting the the shootout winner on Tuesday in in Wheeling, but as far as regulation and overtime, they're they're holding teams to to just a single goal or in the case of that, um, the dominant shutout win over Toledo last weekend. Um, there's a lot of a lot of good things going on with the fuel right now, and um, obviously with this weekend coming up in Reading and um, the the extended homestand to end the season, um, you need everything clicking at the same time and um, firing on all cylinders. So um, it's definitely you lo- you'd want to be in the top four looking down instead of on the outside looking in, but um, the fuel have every chance to. to climb these standings in the last few weeks if they can take care of business against these teams in their division. A couple of things of note. Ryan Rupert on Sunday tied the team record with 55 points in a season. He is one of three 20-goal scorers on the roster. Ryan and Matt Rupert each have 20. Josh Shallow with 26 goals. He's too shy of the team record he set last season. So this team coming close to setting some offensive records, and a big reason why has been some really good power play production. Ryan Rupert with 22 points on the power play. But let's talk about the power play really quickly because adding Travis Brown, one thing that uh, Coach Bernie John has done over the last couple of months is restructure the D. Three new top six defensemen. Four if you talk about Braden Hellams, who was signed to an ATO last week and has played a couple of games for the Fuel you had three new top six defensemen in the last 11 games. Sam Tebow's plus eight. And then Eric Schurhammer gives you that good first pass out of the zone, a good three-zone player 
and Travis Brown, power play ace, one of the really elite talents in the league, and we've seen that, especially as he had two power play goals in a critical 2-1 to victory on Saturday over Kalamazoo. And he now leads the league in power play goals by a defenseman with seven. I mean, you're, you're really seeing, I know we talked in our last um, show that the thing that people seem to be missing on their power play and on their blue line was that defenseman who can really kind of carry the play offensively, similar to kind of a Robin Press character looking at last year's team. Brown fits that profile to a T. And you saw even his first few games, he, he didn't um, find his way on the score sheet, but um, you couldn't pick a, a better time to score two power play goals than that game in Kalamazoo, and um, that that was the difference in the game. Uh, just a you get a an opportunity there. Um, Fuel were already had a a five on four power play, and then um, all of a sudden they um, one of the the wings picks up a, a double minor, and the Fuel are able to score on both both halves of that that four minute penalty, and um, at gives them all the cushion they need to to pick up a, a critical road victory and um, you're just seeing his his comfort with the puck and his ability to just kind of uh, I mean he's incredibly fast out there so um, just the speed the skill um, that the heady hockey he plays um, it's definitely a, a key factor and look for him to continue to contribute down the road here it's almost a one-man breakout with his speed if he can get into the open ice and that can lead the rush Dmitry Osipov led the rush for the first goal on a Sunday in a 4-0 victory over Toledo 20 seconds into the game but the fuel are in the midst of a four-game road trip that has them traveling east to two different ends of Pennsylvania. Wheeling, West Virginia, which is that little finger of West Virginia that borders Ohio and Pennsylvania. And so they're almost in western Pennsylvania. And then the middle of that road trip, two games in Reading to face the Royals, where the fuel will be this week. It'll come back next weekend, finish the road trip at Wheeling, and then home games on Saturday and Sunday. Those will be the first of five consecutive home games for the fuel in the last three weekends of the season and Reading is a special place to Indy Fuel veteran and forward Olivier LaBelle and he's one of the veterans on this team and he brings a very experienced presence but he also very special to Reading as he is the all-time leading scorer in their team's history and spent a number of years there and a number of different stints as he's been back and forth between the ECHL in Europe a couple of times, but has a 30-goal season, a couple of 25-plus goal seasons for the Royals, and he uh, today remains the all-time leading scorer, and he will probably get uh, a very warm welcome when he returns. Yeah, talking to uh, Reading broadcaster and uh, their their PR guy, David Fine, um, both in the beginning of the season and, and leading up to this weekend, I know that all the Royals fans have been looking forward to this weekend pretty much all season. Um, just as we know here, Olivier is one of those guys where you love having him on your team. He's incredible around the community, around the fans, and he just plays with that, that fiery passion. And he's, I think, um, DJ Abasala with Wheeling put it best when I think he called uh, Olivier a 1-26er in this league where – one team absolutely loves him. The other 26 teams absolutely hate him because he's that kind of player to play against where um, I think it's not hard to notice just how intense he gets out there from when he steps on the ice and warm-ups to, to the end of the game. 
he is one of the fiercest um, competitors I think this team has. But um, I think definitely the fans in Reading are excited to see him back in their building, and I know it will definitely be a, an important um, emotional weekend for, for Olivier as well. We're joined on the Under the Hood podcast by Indy Fuel forward Olivier LaBelle as the Fuel this weekend traveling to Reading to face the Royals. And Olivier, I know Reading's a very special place to you. It's a place where you've played a number of years and the fans are looking forward to seeing you back in uniform this weekend. Uh, How special is this weekend to you to go back and uh, play in a place where you've been uh, you've played a number of years and you've been so well received. I mean, yeah, it's definitely special. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Those dates have been circled in the calendar for a while now. Um, I was happy to see that we were going there uh, when I looked at the schedule earlier in the season and uh, it came fast. Um, it's definitely, uh, well, it's the home of my family and family-in-laws here. So uh, that makes it even more special. And the fact that I've been here for uh, the course of five seasons, I mean, that's the team that, even with juniors and stuff that I've spent the most time with. So it's definitely fun and uh, special to be back here. Uh, just describe uh, the the year you're having right now. You've, uh, especially uh, since being able to come back from the injury that you had earlier this season, how you've been able to work yourself back into the lineup and, and make a very quick impact on this team. Well, I mean, yeah, that was... Uh... That was definitely something uh, new that I have to deal with. I mean, I've had injuries before, but that was kind of something that um, threw me off guard there. It was uh, hard to deal with uh, due to the fact that we weren't quite sure uh, what was going on there for a while. So uh, it was challenging, um, to say the least. But um, I did everything I could, and I was trying to be patient and positive, which was a harder time. But uh, I finally got rid of uh, all the symptoms and the stuff that was bothering me. Uh, and then coming back was uh, was another challenge in itself because being out of the lineup for six weeks, um, it was hard. And uh, even though I was trying to keep my condition up, uh, it's just hard when you come back from uh, being out of the game for so long. I came back too, and uh, three and three at first was uh, pretty rough on the body and on my uh, on my uh, on my mind as well. So I mean, lost the confidence a little bit that I had like prior in the season. But uh, I feel like in the last few weeks, I've been playing. Uh, uh, some good hockey uh, for some reason not quite getting the bounce yet but um, uh, the most important thing is to help the team win at this point in the season and make the playoffs I mean even like you said the bounces haven't seemed to be going your way but your con- or contributions to the team go so much further than just um, the points I mean the physical play uh, I mean you always seem to notice when you're on the ice because you finish every check you're you're always quick to um, give a guy an extra shove after the whistle to stand up for your teammates and just one of the more um, fiery competitors out there. Has that always kind of been your game? And um, how important is that, or is it to bring that to the table as well as um, being able to contribute offensively as well? Well, yeah, that's that's definitely my bread and butter. That's the reason why I'm still playing hockey at my old age. <laughs> Um, I mean, scoring is kind of like secondary, but I've, at this level anyway, I've, I've made a, I've made a point to be able to do both. So, uh, it's just, I just, I feel like those are expectations that I put for myself. I just feel like, um, I've proved before that I could be a productive player in this league, but, uh, when I'm not, I definitely, uh, go out there still and, uh, play as hard as I can. And the physical play is something that I can control. Uh, unfortunately, uh, the scoring and all that stuff is something that's a little bit out of your control and you just do 
you just do what you can. And like I said, sometimes uh, the bounce go your way. Some, sometimes uh, depending on the players you're playing with and the situation of, of so and what. Um, so I definitely try not to worry about it. Um, and I just try to go out there every game and uh, give my best effort. And like you said, like play physical and uh, be gritty. And that's definitely my uh, number one uh, quality over scoring, I would say. So, uh, yeah, I definitely got to keep doing that because uh, that's just like, uh, the part of my game that I think uh, brought me where I am today. So um, definitely something that I got to keep doing. And how much of an emotional lift does that give your teammates when you're at home? It gives the crowd when you are able to get a big hit in the corner that forces a turnover or even a post-whistle scrum that uh, kind of gets gets the guys engaged. I, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I, I get I get excited when guys play physical and stuff, and it's definitely something that, uh, as a team right now, we are uh, trying to uh, play. We we try to call, we call it playing heavy. Uh, we're trying to like be in our opponents' faces, and I feel like we've been doing a really good job as a team to do that. And uh, and for myself, uh, for being like, I mean, one of the most uh, physical player on the team, I definitely have to uh, do it every game and every shift if it's so and. Um, just to try to, again, the game momentum and uh, help the team the best way I can so we can uh, wear down our opponent and um, get the wins. Now, you've been uh, a lot of, or for some long stretches here in the last few weeks, you've been playing with, with the Rupert Twins. And we'll talk about another two guys that, that kind of thrive on, on playing that, or walking that line between the skill game and the, and the physical game. What's it like playing between, obviously, they got the Twins thing going on, but... Um, just two players that fit that same mo of um, they're just as happy jumping into a scrum after the whistle and, and laying a big hit on someone than they are uh, combining for a goal. Is it just a good fit between the three of you? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I've been playing with uh, basically everyone in the team uh, so far this season. Um, I had a good run there with uh, Dufour at the beginning of the season, and unfortunately, when I got hurt, it kind of affected him a little bit too uh, um, down the road. But now uh, playing with uh, Wherever I play with, I just try to, like I said, just try to contribute as much as I can. I'm not, I'm, I'm not someone that like carries the play and stuff like that. I'm more someone to uh, give the puck quick and just like trying to drive the net and uh, make some room for my teammates. So, um, yeah, playing with guys that like to have the puck and uh, uh, that are obviously are, are, are helping on the forecheck is definitely uh, something that's fun. So, uh, we've, I think we've played really well the last few games together. Um, and, uh, like I said, I think we're just a few bounces away from having a lot of success. So, uh, hopefully, uh, this weekend in Reading is, uh, where the whole thing, uh, kind of come together. Well, it describe this playoff push and how this team has changed in the last three or four weeks. I know Bernie has, uh, made some changes, especially on the blue line to bring in some, uh, some new players and, and shore up the back end. But, what uh, what is this team's identity going forward here in this last couple of weeks of the regular season? I mean, you're you're right. I mean, the changes uh, the changes that Bernie made like changed uh, the way we've been playing and uh, the face of our team a little bit. I mean, it was hard uh, in the season. We had so many good forwards, and it's hard to um, let some of those players go because I mean they're just very good player at this level, and uh, it's not easy because you never know. Like one day. Uh, you have too many fours, and the other day, like two days later, you got some injuries and, and guys getting called up, and then you're short. So, uh, but I think that overall, we made the move that we need to get stronger on uh, defense. And, and since then, I think that we've been playing better uh, as a team, uh, a lot more confidence on the back end. Uh, I think I feel like we're playing more as a union of five, 
um, like the, everybody's following the play and like the forwards. Uh, I think we're we've been doing a better job too coming and helping out in our defensive zone. So uh, uh, I like what I'm seeing lately. I mean, uh, there's 11 games left right now. I mean, we know what we have to do. Uh, we have some every game's huge games, all, 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 obviously. And the Reading is in kind of the same boat as we are right now, uh, fighting for their lives. So this weekend. Uh, they will be a playoff game for both of us, so there will be some exciting plays. And uh, um, I feel like if we keep playing, like even in Wheeling, I think we deserve a much better fate. Uh, we played, we dominate the play uh, on the road uh, throughout 90% of the game. So um, we uh, that's what I mean sometimes when I get frustrated for not contributing offensively is that we, we tie the game 1-1. I mean, if it, and I had a few chances and stuff, so it's like I would like to... In a way, it's not to be uh, trying to be the hero, but it's just to try to help the team win some games because we have a lot of tight games, and I think we're going to have a lot of tight games coming up. So that's why uh, I'd like to be able to contribute to just uh, uh, make the difference there. Well, as one of the veterans on this team and one of the leaders, uh, what is your role and responsibility when new players come into the team and helping welcome them into uh, the dressing room and and, uh, to the team dynamic? Well, you said it. I mean, uh, welcoming them is, is, is the biggest part. There's nothing worse than walking into a dressing room and uh, not feeling comfortable. I've I've been through a both situation where places you, you walk in the dressing room, and especially when you get called up or you, or you get traded or something like that. Um, it, it's important that people make you feel welcome and make you feel part of the team and, and kind of like get you involved versus um, kind of leaving you like on the side and apart and you, then you kind of start feeling lost a little bit and it's it's just harder to to perform so mm-hmm. i try to make a point and some i mean all the guys in the team are very good very welcoming and i think we've been doing a great job at uh, uh everybody that came in the team i think um we've been uh, uh sort of speak nice to them and uh that's just the best way to um have them give them the mm-hmm. tools to contribute to our success over the last uh, few years you've been back and forth between playing in the ECHL and playing in Europe. Uh, what is the difference in the style of game between the two? Obviously, you have the bigger ice in Europe. Does that uh, change the game, and does it uh, change the way you play? I mean, it's it, there's pros and cons for both. I feel like uh, I like both. Trust me. Like I, I mean, the, the the ECHL game, the North American game, fits my uh, my style a little better. Obviously, the smaller ice. I'm not like the best skater so like uh, the smaller the ice I don't have to go <laughs> as far so for me it's maybe a little better and it's more physical too which kind of suits my uh, my style a little bit but I, I do appreciate the European game it's just uh, it's just a little different like uh, uh, a little more time with the puck but at the same time you're kind of further from the net so there's not it's not that much it's not easier to score goals actually uh, I feel like overseas and stuff like that but I, I try to uh, bring my own style uh, when I go over over Europe and not change much what I'm doing. And uh, there's even less players over there that um, are playing my style of play. So that's kind of why I've been sending out um, when I was over there. And uh, that's what was the key of success for me is to just kind of stay true to myself and not try to change uh, what I've been doing. So um, definitely a little different. I, I like both, but... Um, if I had to choose, I mean, the ECHL style uh, fits me a little better. Uh, you go back to the uh, kind of the roots of your hockey career. Uh, you had a good four-year run in the QMJHL. And your first two years a junior, you get a chance to play for two championship teams and play in the Memorial Cup final. What was that like to be a part of a, a championship team and 
to play uh, for the Memorial Cup. And for those of us here in the States, how big of a deal is it to have the opportunity to play in essentially Canada's national championship game? I mean, that's, that's, that was awesome. And literally, as you were saying that, I'm, I was wearing, I'm wearing a t-shirt from the Memorial Cup 2003 right now. So it's just funny. Um, it's been a long time, but um, it's definitely uh, still really fresh in my memory. Uh, the first year, we uh, we were very uh, underdog going to playoff. I think we finished seventh in the standing, um, and there were 16 teams in our league. So uh, in order to go to Memorial Cup, uh, you have to win uh, your league championship. So it's four best of seven. I mean, it's a grind. Um, so we played like 72 games in a season. We ended up playing like 20-something games in the playoffs. And then you go to Memorial Cup. So that was uh, for a 17-year-old uh, to play 100 games. I mean, that was a, um, a long season. And then the season after, we uh, we uh, we were then the favorites because like, we kind of just went underdog the year before. Now we were first, so the pressure was all on us. And uh, the fact that we were able to win our our, um, our league again and then again go to the final in the Memorial Cup, um, that was awesome. Unfortunately, we came short both times. Um, I was very uh, hard pill to swallow. Even when I still think about it, it's, it's kind of still disappointing. But uh, I mean, I just looking back. I mean, when you're that young, sometimes you don't realize too like how hard it is to win a championship. Um, so um, yeah, I, maybe I would have enjoyed it more if it happened later on in my career. Because then it, it took me ten years to win something else again, and I was in France uh, three, uh, three, four years ago. So uh, it's not easy to win championships. So um, you have to enjoy them when it happens. And not take it for granted is is definitely what uh, what I've learned from those experiences. So um, yeah, maybe I've won them a little too early in my career. Well, you had a chance to play with a couple of guys that went on to have some pretty good careers in the NHL, and Max Talbot, who won a couple of Stanley Cups, and David Krejci, who has had a really good career in Boston and has won a Stanley Cup as well. And did you see the talent those guys had? And uh, even at that age, could you foresee the careers they might have? Well, Max was only a year older than me. And, uh, I mean, Max is almost a little bit of, like, the same type of player as me. Uh, very gritty. It's not, like, a pure talent kind of guy. It's more, like, hard work and dedication and just, like like I said, like, pure grit. Um, and um, that's what he was doing. He was a captain there at a young age. He was a third captain at 18 years old. Um, and, uh, I mean, yeah, you could already see that uh, he was a step above everyone in terms of compete level and that kind of stuff. And, uh, I mean, you could tell that he wasn't the most skilled guy, but that, yes, I mean, I'm not surprised that he had, like, such a great career. Even though he was a late draft pick, I think he was in the seventh or eighth round or something like that, um, he made a great career. And uh, he's been really known to be a clutch player, too, like, especially in junior, he was. I mean, he did the same thing in the NHL with scoring those two goals in the game seven of the Stanley Cup. So uh, very uh, great guy, uh, hardworking guy, uh, great leader. And in terms of Krejci, um, it was his first year um, in North America. I didn't speak much of English uh, when I played with him and stuff. Uh, it was a great guy, uh, but I, it was maybe a little harder to see for uh, for David for me because he wasn't someone that put up like a ton of points in juniors which usually like a lot of Europeans do, like Radulov when he came in, like completely destroyed the league. And uh, Krejci was more of a, a two-way player, smart player, um, that would still put up decent number, but nothing crazy that you'd be like, oh my God, like this guy is going to be like 
that big of a deal in the NHL. And I think he, he just followed the path. And, um, yeah, I think he's just a very, very smart player that ended up, uh, I mean, obviously having a great career because he still do. Now, what have you taken from the different stops you've had in, uh, in Syracuse and a couple other places in the American Hockey League and uh, playing in Utah and out in British Columbia in uh, in the ECHL before you uh, you were able to land in Reading for a long time? What have you learned from each stop along the way and each level you've had a chance to play at? Well, I mean, that's, a, that's kind of a tough question because I first, when I first uh, came out of juniors, uh, I played my first full year in the American League. And again, not that I was taking this for granted, but it's kind of like, okay, like I came out of a great year and my overage during juniors. Now I'm in the American League. So I was thinking like, okay, like I did pretty well my first year. I was like, well, I'm an American League player. Like I'll be playing American League next year. And I mean, hopefully like one day I have a chance to play in the NHL. And then uh, that kind of took a bad turn uh, even the second year. I mean, after my went to a tryout with the Islanders, didn't, didn't get an NHL contract that summer, which I was hoping for with the, the numbers. And uh, I mean, I got a bunch of fights and like pretty decent numbers in Syracuse my first year. So uh, then I didn't really get anything concrete in that summer. So I tried something else, went to the Islanders camp, took a chance. And then um, a month into the season, I started in the AHL. I got sent down to the ECHL. And now it's once you go down, it's a, it's a uphill battle to get back up. And uh, I mean, I did try everything I could, but um, unfortunately, I was never able to uh, just became um, a full-time AHL guy after that. But um, I, I really have no regrets. I, um, I've learned everywhere I've been. I've appreciated everywhere I've been. I mean, in hockey, I've me, I've me traveled the world. I've seen so many places I would have never gone to and met so many great people. Um, so honestly, it's, it's hard to have regrets. I just, I, I did everything I could. And, uh, unfortunately, the chip didn't fall in the right place for me. But at the same time, uh, I'm 33 years old and still playing hockey for a living. So I really can't complain. I'm, I'm very grateful that I'm able to, uh, do this uh for that long so um could have been better yeah but it could have been a lot worse as well could have been done uh, playing a long time so uh, i'm just uh, grateful and uh, for everyone and everywhere that i've gone what's been your favorite moment or a couple of favorite moments you've had from your hockey career so far well god there's so many like you said like winning a championship there's no such thing um as winning a championship so I mean that year in France that uh, we won, uh, we won a, a few things there. That was really fun. But honestly, though, I mean, I I'm someone that enjoys the grind, that enjoys going to the rink every day. So um, there's so many good moments uh, that I've had throughout my career that it's hard to kind of like uh, pinpoint something. I just like I said, I, I love the game so much. I, I just come to the rink every day, and I'm happy to be there, and I just do my best. So I mean, every time I get a chance to go out in front of a a big crowd and do what I do. I mean, I'm I'm pretty grateful and it makes me happy. Now, talk a little bit about um, now coming to a Indianapolis over the summer. You had the opportunity to kind of be here before a lot of the players, kind of get some time to get your bearings in the city um, before the season started. Um, what has it been like, uh, kind of settling into to the Circle City here? Have you enjoyed your time in Indiana? Yeah, I did. I did. I mean, my wife, uh, my wife moved uh, to Indianapolis uh, in, um, I would say, uh, October or November of last year. So uh, I was overseas in France this year. We knew it was going to be a transition period for her. So uh, when um, I, my season was over uh, in France, I, I came to Indianapolis to spend the summer. Uh, and we had a great time. I mean, I do, I've done uh, everything that uh, you can imagine in Indy. I 
we've been to the festivals, uh, we've done the fair. Um, I went to see the Notre Dame game with one of my friends from back home. I mean, I, we've done so many fun things around. So it was really nice. I mean, I really appreciated the city. Uh, went, went to a bunch of cold. We, uh, we did, uh, we had a great summer. Had a great summer in Indianapolis and I got to know the coaches and the staff and everyone. Everybody took care of me really well uh, over the course of the summer. So, uh, everything is great. So what's been your favorite thing about being with this team and this group of guys? I mean, everything's been so far this season. Like we've, I mean, even though with all the changes and stuff, we always had like a really good uh, uh, team spirit. Like the, the the group has been very. Uh, it's a really fun group to come to come to the rink every day. So uh, there's really uh, no complaints there. Obviously, uh, every season, like every team has different type of people, and uh, uh, I've been getting along. Uh, usually, someone that get along with everyone, but uh, this year especially, uh, uh, it's been really fun. That seems to be a common theme, um, talking to various people throughout the organization this year. I know um, talking to Flinchy at the beginning of the season, he said right away from the first day of training camp, he said there was just something different about this group of players, and he's never seen um, a team just instantly click with each other like this group has. And, and talking to George a few weeks ago, he, he kind of echoed the same thing. So. Have you been able to feel that there's just t- that intrinsic kind of uh, mesh with this group that um, throughout the year, even with some kind of personality or personnel changes over the last month or so? No. Yeah, no, that's exactly what I said. I feel like everybody uh, everybody that came in the group was also like great guys, and uh, we welcomed them really well, which helped them out uh, with their uh, transition from another team or another level. So, uh, yeah, it's been really good. And, like, of course, uh, when you have a team that uh, is net so tightly, you want to have success. So, I mean, we just, uh, right now, are, we only have one thing in mind, and it's to get in the playoffs. And once you get in the playoffs, I mean, uh, uh, everything is reset, and we start from scratch. So, um, yeah, that's just what we're going to focus on for the next few weeks. I mean, we have a uh, – it's gonna be, not going to be an easy task, but uh, we can do it, and uh, we believe in it, and that's what's the most important thing right now. So, uh, yeah, that'll be uh, that's what uh, that's what we're looking for. Well, you mentioned that playoff push. Uh, how much does the leadership that you provide help uh, this team? As every game is really critical, and we know that every game is critical, and uh, the the fact that every game is a playoff game, really from here through the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, I just try to make sure. Um, Everyone, I mean, although they know, obviously, just try to make sure everyone is always uh, uh, ready to go, and uh, that everybody feel like and understand the importance of uh, each and every game. I mean, it's just it's just the way I am. Um, I mean, I need to remind myself too sometimes, but it's just every game uh, matters to a very uh, high level right now, high degree. So we just have to go out there and treat those games as just like playoff games. So uh, we know what we have to do, and I'm confident that we'll get it done. Uh, this is a week that uh, kind of the the travel that you have in the uh, in the hockey world hits as you played uh, game Saturday night in Kalamazoo, came in, played a matinee on Sunday, and then you're in Wheeling and then uh, left for Reading on uh, Wednesday night. Coming into today, getting ready for the weekend games. Just describe uh, for the listeners what it's like to uh, to travel and to play a lot of games in a lot of different cities in a really short amount of time. I mean, it's definitely not easy because, I mean, that's not something like the three and three and the four and five are definitely, uh, with the travel and stuff are definitely hard on the body. It's hard to get some sleep. Um, 
So, uh, I mean, but everything goes through it in this level. I mean, it's not something that uh, they do in the NHL level or I don't even think in the AHL level anymore. So uh, we're we're kind of still doing it, but um, definitely not easy. It's just like being on the bus and stuff and not getting good sleep. But um, like I said, here in Indy, like they uh, they treat us really well and uh, they give us all the tools to be successful. And uh, just like to give you an example, on Sunday, like we we got we got home at 4 a.m. in the morning and uh, the puck was dropping at 3 o'clock against Toledo, which is a really good team. Uh, but we got there and everybody was uh, everybody was ready and we played really well and. Uh, uh, we end up like winning for nothing. So it's just a matter of uh, trying to do everything you can uh, to get your body ready, nutrition, and getting some rest whenever you can. Uh, but it's definitely uh, a challenge at some time. Um, so, but it's unfortunately it's everyone, everyone, every team at some different time in the season that have to go through that. So just have to uh, manage it the best you can. I think that's uh, just about everything that we we had. So, Olivier, thank you again for for joining us, and uh, best of luck this weekend. It was my pleasure. Thank you very much. All right. That was Indy Fuel veteran Olivier LaBelle. He is in his 13th professional season. He's played in Utah, out in Victoria in the ECHL, as well as playing for the Reading Royals for five seasons where the Indy Fuel will be this weekend. This is his first year with the Fuel, 30 points in 45 games. He's also played four seasons, two in Austria, two in France, in Europe. And we also mentioned in 2003 and 2004, he was a QMJHL champion with the Hull and Gatineau Olympiques in junior hockey. And you heard him talk about the grind they go through in junior hockey, certainly great preparation for the physicality of the ECHL in the 72-game season that we have here. But Olivier, we've talked about him a lot, just a fun guy to watch on the ice. He's somebody that you'll love to have on your team, but uh, he's really a great guy in the dressing room as well and a, a great guy in the community, and I think you heard that as you were able to hear our conversation. And there's a reason he's so well-received in, in Reading and pretty much at every, every stop he's been to in his career because he's just one of those players who who plays the game the right way, and he, he's he's fierce and he's mean when the game's going on, but the second the, the game's over, he's he's got a smile on his face and he, he's talking with the fans and he, he's doing um, everything he can to just kind of uh, make it a positive experience for the people who are coming out and watching the games and, and the people around the community. So um, it's definitely, it'll be it'll be a fun experience for them to, or to everyone out in Reading to, to see him come back, and I know he's definitely looking forward to it as well. Well, the Fuel this weekend, Friday and Saturday in Reading, 7.05 face-offs, broadcast on ECHL.TV with our friend David Fine on the play-by-play, and then next Friday the road trip concludes in Wheeling as the Fuel and the Nailers play for the eighth of nine times in Wheeling, West Virginia, at West Banco Arena this season. That'll be another big four-point game for the Fuel as they're facing the team that is uh, directly ahead of them in the uh, standings and then back home for five straight. Saturday, the 23rd against the Fort Wayne Comets, then on Sunday against the Cincinnati Cyclones, and then you follow that up with another three and three, three home games, the final weekend of March that will lead us into that last week of the regular season. This team's been very comfortable on home ice. If the fuel can hold serve during this road uh, this road trip, 
it's really going to set them up very well for this home stretch that will be uh, happening in the last couple of weeks of the season. And like Olivier mentioned, uh, this this doubleheader with Reading, the Royals are in the exact same position as the Fuel are. They they're currently, uh, I believe, four points out of their own, or they're seven points out of their own. So they have a little bit more of a hill to climb than the Fuel do. But that's a team that's fighting for its playoff life. So. Um, it's, there's going to be no shortage of intensity. Um, both these games this weekend mean a heck of a lot to both teams. So you go into Reading, you take care of business, and then you can obviously the game with Wheeling, whenever you're, you're chasing the a team directly in front of you, it, it's a must-win game. And So if the Fuel can end this road trip with a few few points here, they've been very, very steady on home ice all, all season, and you have a chance to... Just continue that and put yourself in the best position possible to, to sneak in one of these final four spots, or the, the last spot in the Central Division. The uh, fuel after this road trip will be home, as we mentioned, for five consecutive games. The first of those, Saturday, March 23rd, first responders night here at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum. It will be the first time we will have seen the Fort Wayne Comets since January, March 23rd, the fuel against the Comets, and then March 24th, the Fuel get another crack at the top team of the league, the Cincinnati Cyclones. Another family fun day. We had a huge crowd last Sunday, and a lot of them enjoying the post-game skate onto the ice for the family fun day. And the Fuel have been pretty good on the uh, back end of three and threes, and that one will be coming March 24th. And then another three and three the following weekend, the 29th against Kalamazoo at spring break night, made an American night on March 30th. And then another family fun day, March 31st, as the Kansas City Mavericks come to town. Still lots of opportunities to see your fuel here at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum. You can get your tickets at IndyFuelHockey.com or right here at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum box office. And we'd love to see you there. But the one thing we've seen is some huge crowds here at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum the last couple of months, really. And so you might want to get your tickets early. Don't wait. That's definitely a good good option because uh, the crowds have been absolutely fantastic. Uh, the fan support has been top-notch as always, and we're looking to, to finish it out with a few uh, big crowds here down the stretch. And you got a team that's fighting for its playoffs, playoff lives. It was exciting last year. It's going to be exciting this year. Um, basically, playoff hockey before the playoffs. So um, definitely you don't want to miss any of the upcoming games coming up here at, at the Indiana Far- Farmers Coliseum. And also... Looking ahead, secure your seats now for the 2019-20 season. We'll have another exciting season of hockey coming up. Hard to believe we'll be in year six of the Indy Fuel, as it seems like yesterday it was opening night back in 2014. But secure your season tickets. They're on sale now, and you can get details at IndyFuelHockey.com or by calling us here at the Indy Fuel front office, and we will be more than happy to take care of you and uh, let you know uh, how you can secure your seats for the 2019-20 season. That also gets you admission to our end-of-season banquet that will be held on April 7th and a few other perks as well. So lots of uh, goodies for you if you uh, take the opportunity to purchase or renew your season tickets. And so we're getting into the final month of the season. This is really a great uh, time of the year, and Brent... Last year, this is the point when the fuel really got hot 
and went on a run. And we're seeing the seeds of that again. This is a team that's playing really well, especially in its own zone. We talked about that a little earlier. Uh, we talked about that with Olivier. And this is a team that really appears to be playing its best hockey of the season right now. And one thing uh, Bertie John said to me Friday night before the game is every team in our division, except us in Fort Wayne, has gone on a run at some point. It's time for this team to go on a run. He really sensed it, and uh, this weekend would be a good opportunity to begin that run and begin that push and start putting some pressure on Wheeling and Kalamazoo ahead of you as they're just a couple of games ahead, and they're certainly within striking distance. There's no better time than right now, and especially with so many of those head-to-head games against the team you're chasing. You still have two left with Wheeling, you have one left with Kalamazoo, and you still see Port Wayne three times. So, um, I mean, Fort Wayne has pulled ahead a little bit more... Or, for that third spot, but you can put a big dent in that, that gap with a few wins here down the stretch. And anytime you have a chance to take on Wheeling and Kalamazoo, those are, are critical games. And, and we use the four point swing analogy quite a bit, but that's truly what these games are. And, um, taking the last couple games against Kalamazoo as an example, going into that game Saturday in Kalamazoo, the gap could have either been nine points or five points at the end of that game. Fuel took care of business, and five points is a much more manageable deficit to close in the last few weeks of the season than a than a nine-point gap. So Fuel have every chance to, to continue to, to climb up the standings and, and make a push. And, and the most important thing is the core of this team did it last year. They know what it takes. They, they know kind of what their coaches are looking for and and how to to go out and deliver so um it's definitely um it'll be an exciting or finish to the season well we're looking forward to it looking forward to seeing you here at the indiana farmers coliseum for the final six home games of the 2018-19 season and the playoff push for the 2019 year Thanks for joining us on this trip under the hood with the Indy Fuel. I want to thank Olivier LaBelle for joining us from Reading, where he is going to play in front of fans, where he played for a number of seasons, this time in the black sweater of the Indy Fuel. And it's going to be a great homecoming for him. I will say when the Fuel signed him, the Indy played Reading a lot in the early years of this franchise, and I was really excited to see number 13 on our side because he is... Uh, Number one, uh, just such a great hockey player. You really enjoy watching him play. And uh, number two, because he uh, uh, does so many good things in the community as well. So looking forward to seeing his homecoming this weekend in Reading. And then also we will return to the Indiana Farmers Coliseum next weekend. Until then, for Brent Hollerud and Olivier LaBelle, I am Andrew Smith. Thanks for joining us on this trip under the hood. Thanks for going under the hood with the Indy Fuel. For more, keep visiting IndyFuelHockey.com.